Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 624. Never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am so revved up and excited to introduce today's very special guest, Brock Yates Jr. Hey, Brock, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Uh, as good as it gets, Mark. I'm sitting in my <laughs> father's old office chair, leaned back, and my brain is in pause. But other than that, I'm fine. Oh, gosh. Well, it's so nice to have you here. Brock Yates Jr. is the son of one of America's best-known automotive journalists, and growing up around cars and racing was his life. He played at Watkins Glen while his father raced. He apprenticed with the race car builder Ron Nash, and he's a veteran of the Cannonball Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash as a 14-year-old. Holy cow. His destiny was cast. Brock ran the One Lap of America, the La Carrera Classico, the Silver State Classic Challenge, and the SCCA Showroom Stock plus numerous other racing adventures throughout his life. And in 2009, he took over the Tire Rack One Lap of America, and he teaches for Driving Dynamics, a company that specializes in instructing the pharmaceutical industry drivers to make them safer on the road. So, Brock, I've told our listeners a tiny, tiny bit about you and your life. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career, your passion for cars, and getting out on the track and teaching how to be people to be smarter on the road? Oh, I really don't have a career. I, I've kind of fuddled through life and ended up uh, having fun. And uh, <laughs> good for you. Uh, uh, you know, it, uh, when it, obviously when Cannibal happened, you know, it, it did change my life. I, you know, I've driven across country countless times and had fun every one of them. And uh, with one lap and with driving, uh, it's always exciting. And uh, and I've been lucky to uh, uh, pursue that my whole life. Yeah, you really have. And I'll tell our listeners as we record this, Brock Jr. just lost his father. Uh, and I'm so sorry. My condolences to you and your family. I know he'd been sick for a while, but looking at the outpouring of passion for you and your family and uh, inspiration and, and fun that your dad brought to all of us automotive people, the fact that you're sitting there in his chair and we're talking today is is pretty spectacular. So my condolences for that. But as we continue on your journey, you know, I always like to start with a success quote. I like to ask my guests if there's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming their life and their success. It's 
It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? <laughs> I know you love to drive, Brock, so uh, inspire me, would you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I really don't have an inspirational quote, but I have, I have two that have pretty much formed my life. Okay. One is Hunter Thompson, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, uh, the, the one that I've always included in the route books that uh, have always made sense to me is never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can. Mm. And that was said by Virginia Reed in, 19, in uh, 1847. She survived the Donner Party. Oh, uh, wow. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that puts a spin on that, on that, doesn't it? Yeah, keep mooding it, or you might be somebody's dinner. Yeah, yeah. don't stop. <laughs> yeah, don't stop, really. It's what did Winston Churchill say? When you're marching through hell, just keep on marching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, uh, no, it's, um, it, it just, it's kind of fun. I mean, I, uh, well, how have you incorporated those those thoughts into what you do? Well, I, I, I think that um, I've never taken life too seriously. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of uh, of controversy. I'm not afraid of uh, of having fun. I'm not afraid of uh, doing what I have to do. Uh, but at the same time, recognizing that other people are involved and in, and in trying to respect their needs and and trying to uh, cater to them. I spent a long time in the food and beverage industry, and I think I'm pretty good at reading people and pretty good at uh, of 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 respecting again their feelings and, and their uh, and, and what uh, their needs are. Good. Well, I like that. Those are two unique quotes that I've not heard before, so uh, I like that very much. Well, you grew up with a dad who was obviously a car guy, and you grew up around tracks, around cars. I mean, it's been it's, it's pretty much in your blood, is that petrol running through your veins. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you think back, when you realize, you know what, I think I'm kind of a car guy just like dad? I don't, I mean, it just, like you said, it was always kind of assumed. I mean, there was a couple pivotal ones. Apparently, my, the first time my father took me out to a track in a go-kart, I didn't do well enough to in, inspire him to uh, uh, to get me a faster go-kart. <laughs> I mean, there were times that, uh, like I announced to him one day years and years ago, that I was, I was going to do the La Carrera, which is the Mexican, the short Mexican road race that we yeah. went across Baja. Uh-huh. And I call and I said, uh, "We're going. I'm going to do this." And there's a long pause, and uh, I got the impression he wasn't particularly pleased with the announcement. And he said, "What are you driving?" And I said, "Well, I'm driving a '54 Lincoln Capri four door." And it was a much longer pause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what was going through his head. What have I done with this boy? <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. My this is not very smart. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but, um, um, no, I don't, I mean, the, there was kind of a, a series of events that in my, in my life that always led me to where I am. And, mm-hmm. and one of them sadly is, uh, I'd always enjoyed one lap. And, um, uh, when Brock got sick with the Alzheimer's, I had made so many friends and the event was so important to so many people, including myself, that there was no other thing to do but to take it take it over and mm-hmm. make it work and, and continue it in 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 his memory and his name and, yeah. and but it was also selfish. I mean, these people were my friends, and I wanted to not miss them. And then I wanted to include more, you know, meet more people and have more fun and drive more racetracks and right. and uh, see what happens. Well, it's a wonderful event. I've followed it for years. It looks like great fun to be driving across the country and you stop at tracks and you drive really fast and test cars and yourself and tires and all that kind of fun stuff and you go to the next one so it's like the ultimate cross-country uh traveling adventure 
It is an adventure. I mean, especially since um, uh, you don't get all day of practice. You get one lap of practice. So it's it's not only challenging, but it's very intense because you, there's no reruns. There's no, oh, God, I screwed up turn two. I mean, whatever you do becomes part of that that timing. Mm. And uh, we also visit some very challenging racetracks that you'd like to have a day or two of practice on. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some seat time would be nice. Who invented, yeah, yeah. who made the rules to this adventure? I mean, I, <laughs> for example, I, I, I went to one racetrack years ago that it just broke, it just opened up and it was very long and lots and lots of corners. And there were three blind hills mm-hmm. and every one of them was a surprise to me, even though I drove it six laps. I said, I think this is a little bit more for than one, than most of the drivers get one lap can do. Mm-hmm. If I can't learn a racetrack in six laps, uh, then they're they're in real trouble, and they only yeah. get one lap. So yeah, wow. Uh, well, <laughs> it sounds like fun, nonetheless. <laughs> we've driven ninety. Uh, this, so I think we're going to hit ninety racetracks now this year. Oh my gosh! Wow, what fun! Oh man, you're a fortunate guy. That sounds like a blast. Well, Brock, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. You've driven down a lot of roads. Oh my gosh, ninety racetracks across the country, back and forth. Growing up in a car oriented family. I want to have you crawl under the hood and tell us about a huge challenge, even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. But of course, the most important part of this has to do with what did it teach you so that you can move forward, you can learn a little bit, come out on the positive side. (laughs) (laughs) Again, as I mentioned, you know, things happened in my life and and we just kind of dealt with it. And and I was lucky enough to survive. And I I mean, I was at the Portofino Inn where the Cannonball finished and he Uh he one lap stopped at a very famous hotel in Redondo Beach, California. And one day, one night, a series of giant waves came in and wiped out 40% of the hotel and took out all the first floor. Oh my gosh. And since I was a manager there, it was a, it was a kind of, it kind of changed my life for a while. Yeah. So at the same time, I got to, I wandered down the street and a, a friend of mine uh, ran a, a service. Don Prieto is a, a famous hot rod guy in Southern California, uh, service delivering press cars around the country. And, you know, and that kind of met a whole bunch of people and drove around the country and had more fun. And it was kind of a continuous process. And uh, rather than, Oh my God! I've got to do something. I've got to go lay out. A, I I was never good at, at laying out any kind of uh, ideas or or uh, thinking far enough ahead to to say, well, I, I, this if I do this, then this will happen. No, I I've, I've been again. I've been lucky that I just kind of flowed through life and had fun. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, not a fun uh, situation to be in. I had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago that ran a huge fleet of rental cars in uh, Maui. And when that huge uh, Niki came through there and wiped the place out, they lost like a thousand cars. Oh, God, and, yeah. and he said, we found we found all but like seven of them. And one <laughs> of them was in a tree somewhere. And yeah, so talk about having to like clean up things after a natural catastrophe like that. My gosh, mm-hmm. you just kind of go with the flow to use a bad pun in the case of giant yeah, waves. Yeah, well, so. when the waves come in, they go, they come in. There's no stopping them. No, they do whatever they want. So, yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, we just went through that with, uh, you know, Florida here. The East Coast just got battered. So, uh, yep, uh, that happened. So you just have to uh, pull your sleeves up and go to work. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. Is there a, a career aha moment for you? I mean, you've done a bunch of different things. Right now, you're a driving instructor, but you've you've been there, done that. You're like Johnny Cash. You've been everywhere, man. But is, <laughs> is there, a, is there a, he- a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminated your way for a new direction, a new path that you thought, this is where I should go now? 
Yeah, the closest I get to that is years ago I I um uh I built a, a little car that's not a particularly spectacular car. It's kind of a fun car. And I wanted to do the Silver State. Ah, okay. Well, I ne- needed a navigator. Well, I knew a girl, and she was going to be the navigator. Well, she's all of a sudden, she decided to go back to her old boyfriend and says, well, my sister will do it. Uh-huh. And I said, okay. And we we all started talking. This is so long ago that uh, it, this was AOL. Uh, we were talking on, on AOL chat, and I, we introduced <laughs> each other. We started talking, and pretty soon uh, she showed up at the, at the airport in L.A., and I took her to Vegas and then, uh, and then Ely. And we did the race. We did really, really well. And that aha moment was about two weeks later, I proposed to her. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> Yeah. Now, that's an aha I wasn't expecting. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, a, little bit, uh, was a little bit out of uh, character for me. Uh, but, uh, Holy cow. Uh, also, it meant that uh, I had to move from uh, sunny Southern California working on the ocean to uh, not-so-sunny, not-so-temperate southeastern Pennsylvania. Which oh, my gosh. Kind of, kind of a shock. That's where you live now, right? Yes, and um, we have a lovely daughter, uh, a spectacular daughter that uh, comes from that. And uh, so actually it's been a, a wonderful experience. My gosh. Well, you go from uh, – and tell us a little bit about the Silver State, what what that event's all about for people that don't know about it. The Silver State is – yeah, they run it twice a year. It's from uh, basically Ely, Nevada, down to Lund, I believe, uh, uh, Nevada. And it's an open road race. And it was the first of the open road races. There's several now, but they close the road and they set off cars at uh, at intervals. And you're on, uh, there's several classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the uh, the um, uh, unlimited class, uh, but the, most people are, are going to a variety of 135, 130, uh, 125, all the way down to 95. And the novices have to run. Uh, 95 mile an hour first for the first year. Okay. And not that maintaining 95 miles an hour is particularly difficult because it's a relatively flat Nevada desert road with a couple of very high speed turns. And then after about 80 miles of complacency of just driving really stupid fast, you crest over the top of the hill and there's what they call the narrows, which your brain is dulled by speed, your brakes are cold, and here's a third gear uh, left-hander coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wake up. Wake up. Wake yeah. up. <laughs> and, and, and if your t- tires hadn't blown at that point, uh, uh, g- going off into the, uh, the, the the desert landscape is, is certainly an option. But it's a, it's, a, it's a fun race. There's a lot of nice people, a lot of pomp to it. Um, get to go to a whorehouse in Ely and it uh, parties oh, and things like that. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fun weekend. Pretty impressive that you, you met Cindy, your wife, uh, you know, first time, and she must have impressed you because uh, a couple weeks later you proposed to her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, th- to throw a stranger in a passenger seat and say, hey, tell me where to turn so I don't go off into the desert, uh, she obviously guided you the right way. Right. I tell people that, uh, yeah, my, our first date was, uh, I never went over 142 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, you were trying to be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a story. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, how about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had some in your many, many years of doing all sorts of fun things in cars, but is there one that stands out for you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, my proudest moment is, Every year when we finish one lap and everybody's home safe. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. mean that's uh, that to me is is my aha. Uh-huh, this is bitching moment. I mm-hmm. mean I 
I love all those people. I want them to have fun. I want them to go fast, but I want them to make it around the other side safely. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Exactly. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time. You talk about that time your dad put you in a go-kart and took you to a track, but is there a, a first really special car in your life? And if so, tell us about it and give us maybe a special memory you have with that vehicle. Obviously, the son of Brock Yates, uh, one doesn't just do normal cars. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, we, I mean, our house was actually out in the flat middle of nowhere in farm fields in western New York. Yeah, it was absolutely a gorgeous place, but we had a big old barn, and Brock managed to stuff it full of lots of stuff, and uh, Bruce mm-hmm. McCall, the humorist for uh, Car Driver Magazine, referred to it as Brock and Sal's Museum of Auto Memories, <laughs> and stuck in that thing at various times was a, a Ferrari Lusso uh, 250 GT and a 64 and a half GTO tri-power Morris Minor 27 Pontiac Plymouth, Plymouth, Plymouth 33 Bentley, uh, the Challenger, of course, that, uh, that Curry ran the Cannonball, yeah. uh, and you know, whatever else was floating around that day. Wow. And, um, and the man, the, the manufacturers are always dropping off weird stuff like Unimogs or, or, Dodge it, you know, whatever. It, it didn't matter. Things were always floating. Yeah. But um, one day it came time that Brock didn't want me to drive it, the um, the assembled masses as much. And he, he said, grab your money and come with me. So he dragged me down to this fur and car dealership about 30 miles away. And he pointed at a car and he said, give this man all your money. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> uh, pretty much what I said. I said, okay. I said, what is it? And he said, it's a Lancia Fulvia Coupe. Oh, that's unique. That was pretty unique. The, what, what continued the unique experience was my father's friend was not especially on the up and up and said, looked at me and said, why don't you go inspect it for the state and tell me if it's okay? Hmm. And it wasn't, but I drove it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, the rear brakes never worked. The front, let's see, the... Uh, uh, I never. I found the right combination of the controls to make the defroster work one time. <laughs> it was all in CGS. I mean, it was all in Italian. It was an yeah. Italian car. I mean, there was yeah. no Americanization of of the of the market at all at that point. It was somebody brought it over and ended up in his shop, and it became mine. It was uh, it was a fabulous <laughs> car. I mean, and it irritated uh, lots of big blocks through twisty roads for years. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, and Lancia, of course, later on was known for their very famous rally cars, very mm-hmm. successful rally cars and so forth. So they were learning as they went along. Well, so. the, the Fulvia Coupe was a rally car, and, it be, and then it became the HF with a bigger motor. And, and uh, All right, uh, yeah. But that was a fabulously successful car. And uh, then, of course, then the Stratos and the, the Deltas and the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, those were incredible. All the magic, but, all the ma- but it, magic stuff. This was a 64, 65, and it was, you know, I believe it was 100 horsepower then out of a V4, which was a pretty good number back yeah. in those days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very cool. What a fun memory. Well, how about a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? And not so much for monetary value, because, of course, the market goes up and down. Right now, it's kind of shot up, and it's kind of floating around somewhere up there. But is there a car that you've owned in the past that you really wish you could have back? Most of the cars I've ever owned i still own <laughs> oh you're like your dad a backpack uh, yeah but none of mine are collectible well sort of but um i i suppose uh i had brock, brock uh, and i did a deal on a myers max oh wow years ago. 
and it was actually a, it was a it was a, a car that was in magazines and it uh, uh, but it was a real one and it was it was a lot of fun to drive uh, for a while I when I lived in Southern California I had a, a motorcycle and a Myers Max which meant it luckily didn't rain very much there. Well, yeah, what everybody in Southern California needs. Exactly, exactly. That's what I thought. You know, it, uh, <laughs> I do have one funny memory driving home one night when it rarely did rain, and I'd forgotten the top. And I'm driving down a highway at the middle of the night, and the windshield wipers are going furiously in the outside, and I'm wiping inside just as furiously, and the policeman goes by me just laughing. His, uh, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was that crazy funny. kid. Great, yeah, yeah, I know. I had a little uh, little Beck Spider, the 550 replica Spider, oh, really? okay. up here I... in the Northwest. Yeah, a great little car. It actually had a, a Speedster engine in the back, and it was, mm-hmm. it was built by John Wilhoyt in Long Beach, who builds wonderful restorations of the 356s and 911s. But I got stuck out of the Pacific Raceway once during the races, and I had to drive it back to Gig Harbor in a driving rain. The car had no top. Mm-hmm. Go faster. It didn't work. The faster you went, the, it felt like somebody throwing buckets in your face. <laughs> And a cop came up behind me, and he gets on his speaker, and he goes, What the heck are you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) And he just goes driving by, and I'm like, uh, hands in the air. I don't know. I'm just trying to get home. You know, I mean, even my socks were wet when I got home, so it was no fun. Well, I'd like to know a little bit more about what you're doing these days. What has you excited and fired up? I know that you're an instructor at Driving Dynamics. You're teaching... People in the pharmaceutical industry had to drive better, which is a very interesting thing to me. So why do the people in the pharmaceutical industry need to know how to drive better? Well, we, uh, since I wrote that thing, we, we also teach for the chemical, chemical industry and, and other industries because anybody with a fleet vehicle ex- ex- exposes a company to risk. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Now, this little seven-hour course that we teach was developed by Bill Buff uh, 25 years ago. And it's virtually unchanged, aside from you know recognizing the fact that people have cell phones now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We look around, and and I I read the other day that um, highway fatalities are increasing uh, for the first time in many years per million miles or hundred million miles traveled. Cars are the safest they've ever been. Tires are the best they've ever been. The roads are fine. The only thing that's changed is that drivers suck. <laughs> well, you think about it. I mean, drivers had, if there was ever any value in it. It's, uh, to begin with, is hardly taught in schools. Well, it's not. It's not where I live anymore. It hasn't been for no. a long time. They they got no, rid I mean, of it. And and most parents don't know how to drive. <laughs> so, I <laughs> mean, when I say don't know how to drive, I'm saying, okay, we can all get in the car, turn it on, and get to our destination. Right. Sadly, that intervening transit, you're wholly unprepared for anything that might happen. Yeah. So in most responses to an emergency, you say, you close your eyes and pray it doesn't hurt much. Yeah, right. Okay, nobody has a clue where to put their eyes. Nobody has a clue how well these modern cars handle and how many options they provide. So as you're driving down and the kid runs out, you say, well, I can't turn the car hard enough because it's going to fall over, so I'm going to hit the little uh, little kid. (laughs) And so whereas if you put your eyes in the right place and twist it on the steering wheel, you could have avoided that. Right. But these aren't options. When people have blowouts, which are so rare now, they have not a clue what to do. Right. Or hydroplaning or uh, dropping a wheel. 20% of all accidents is dropping a wheel. Oh, yeah, um, off into some soft gravel or dirt or something. Yeah, and they, the and they yeah. screw on the steering wheel and, and wonder why they end up in oncoming traffic. 
there's, I mean, the cell phone phenomena, I mean, or just the distraction phenomena. Right. Uh, uh, 68% of all crashes involve distracted driving. Like, that's a surprise. Right. I'm surprised there's not a hundred. I mean, I'm, not, I'm surprised they don't wipe out everybody every day is looking down at the phone. You know, and, and so they say, well, we're going to have self-driving cars. Okay. Self-driving cars that are programmed by people that don't know how to drive because that's pretty much the entire population aside from, you know, a few enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, I won't get into one of those things until I can do a Scandinavian flick when the brakes go out. <laughs> there you go. There's your requirement for the sales. That's my requirement. That's, yeah, that's my <laughs> design parameter. Tell me, Mr. Salesman, can this car do a Scandinavian flick? He'll look at you and go, uh, you're in America, buddy. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> when I drove that 54 Lincoln across Baja, it ran out of brakes in the first 50 miles. Mm. So he drove without coming brakes. Down the mountain, <laughs> coming down the mountain in Densenata, you know, I had to teach myself that, or otherwise I'd have been way dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. I think it's great what you're doing. I've had many instructors and uh, heads of driving schools, both racing and driving and tea driving on the show here. And it's so, so important. Both my kids went to driving schools. Plus, they both got about 3,500 miles under their belt before they got their license um, next to my wife and I. And I just felt it was super important because oh, my experience in driving back there at La Jolla High was the uh, football coach would take us out for a week, yell at us and now you can get your license. And, yep. You oh, know, yeah. now, that was it. <laughs> I had a I had a very nice, very conservative swim coach. And that's what I tell my students. You were taught by the gym teacher. Yep. And that just wanted to not die. Yeah. Don't don't run into the we ran into a mailbox one day during one one of the, the girls that I was with, a group of three of us would drive and yes, yeah, you went around the corner and he wasn't he was looking down at something and she ran right over somebody's mailbox and <laughs> I'll never forget what he said. He slammed on the brakes and he said, You just killed somebody, how do you feel? <laughs> she started crying and he made her get in the back seat and I got to get in the front and drive a little more. So, you know, that's the way it went. Well, I think it's great what you're doing. Awesome. Uh just better to have smarter people on the roads these days because there are a lot of people that are definitely not paying attention. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Brock. Kind of a funny question, but I like this if you answer it in the right way. If you were a car, what kind of car would Brock be and why? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps an old Saab 900. Oh, okay. And why would that be? Well, I mean, I always thought of Sobs as incredi- incredibly utilitarian, but did everything they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were lovely cars. They went fast. They they stopped well, but they were incredibly safe and 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 profoundly ugly doing all those ta- <laughs> all those tasks. <laughs> hey, you're a handsome guy. Don't and put yourself down. I have down. a face for radio, which is why we're not doing this on Skype. That's why I'm here too. So don't worry about it. <laughs> we're both in good company. So I like that. You're a Sob. I think you're the first Sob. So you know, you, well, you got to. <laughs> Bob Sinclair, uh, who was the North American president of Saab, was one of the craziest, most wonderful men in that business. Mm. And, uh, nice. Uh, since Brock died, we've been talking about how the automobile business has changed so much, and the, and the fun has gone out of it. I mean, mm. and, and in journalism too. I mean, the poor guys can't can't say if a car sucks or not. I mean, it's just because they're so constrained by sponsored by uh, advertising sponsorship money. Oh yeah, I, I I see it too. I you just sometimes you read a lot of these stories and you go, really? Yeah. There's no, nothing you didn't like about it. There's got to be something. Come on. I mean, a friend of mine wrote a very positive interview about or uh, a very positive re, uh, review about the. 
the Pontiac Aztec. <laughs> I mean, he's a weird guy anyway, and I think the world of him, but at the same time, I mean, somebody actually had to write that review. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, there's a reason they featured that car in Breaking Bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> My next-door neighbor, Bill, is actually actually sent a Facebook post today. Funny you said that. He drove by that house from the TV series. He said, okay. there it is. There's Walter's house. And uh, I think I typed, did you throw a pizza on the roof? And he said, no, the people that live there now guard it with weapons so nobody throws pizzas on their roof. So <laughs> there you go. Bill should have tossed a pizza. You would have been yeah. iconic. Yeah, well, Brock, so. up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Brock, we are back, and we're entering the last lap. Talking about laps. This is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I guess so. All right. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? <laughs> Besides don't lift? Besides don't lift. No, this is what you've received. Yeah, somebody told you. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to have to pause on this button. I mean, your dad must have given you some good driving advice somewhere along the line. A little bit of guilt is good. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I'm not going to explain where that one came here from either. <laughs> the, uh, uh, boy, I don't know. 
mean, the, in, for driving, I mean, the the obvious advice is mandatory is eyes up. Ah, yeah. There you go. That's, see, that's all you need to hear. I've, how many times did that get yelled in my ear when I was at uh, racing school, motorcycle driving school? My daughter is, is 11 from the time she was three on her first four-wheeler. Lita, eyes up. Lita, eyes up. Eyes up. Yeah, there you go. She got on her bicycle. Eyes up. Eyes up. She's on her horse. Turn your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, that's a good one. Now, how about personal habits? I can't wait for this answer. Oh, personal. I have no good personal habits. Is there a... Is, <laughs> I knew this was going to be a tough one to trip you up. Is there a personal habit that you have that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Think, think hard. <laughs> I don't think anybody will suggest that I have any good personal habits. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, for you, there's got to, uh, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. You got to answer this one yourself. No, I, God, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, uh, Jesus, personal habits. Well, it's, <laughs> the only good personal habit is I, I have is being on time. That's it. There you go. There you go. Oh, that's a good one. I like I'll take that. I'll You'll take, take that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I know there's a lot of great ones out there these days. There's blogs. There's the internet. There's all these different things. But is there one that you really like or you go, it's a go-to for you that you think our listeners sh- should use as well? Well, I mean, uh, it's a plug, too, but it's also a very real resource. I mean, for, for those people that need tires, I mean, the, the database of Tire Rack, Oh, I love uh, those guys. Yeah. Is is about as good as it gets. I mean, it. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, most inter- internet sites, you you know, call up and say, "Well, what's what about the Durezans?" And some kid in his mother's basement will tell you it's a great tire. Well, it might be, but it uh, it's not exactly a source that you want. Mm-hmm. And at least the tire rack people and and the people that work at tire rack are fabulously knowledgeable. So that would be, you know, if I if I had to pick one source, you know, as, uh, as far as cars and things. No, I mean other. Uh, no, that's you know. a good one. I've been uh, I've been buying tires from Tire Rack for decades. I, I love that company. Uh, it's great. The people are super knowledgeable, very helpful. They even have found pretty obscure sizes for older cars that I have uh, for tires for them as well. Now, how about a book? Uh, is there a book that you've read that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would enjoy as well? Well, I reread Sunday Driver by my father a couple of years ago. Ah, great. Yeah. And it's still. It's still a wonderful story about learning to drive and racing and driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some of the names are dated, but I think some of your listener, uh, some of your listeners, would actually be impressed by the names that he includes. Oh yeah, uh, but it's uh, but the actual experience itself is timeless. Great. Awesome. It's a nice book. I've got it on my shelf as well. So I'm glad you recommended that. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Brock has shared with us today at. CarsYad.com on his very own show notes page. Just type Brock Yates Jr. into the search bar and that page will pop up and there's another great place on the CarsYad website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and the past 623 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Brock, we are up to the checkered flag and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only... (laughs) I know, it's cliche, but it works. If you could have only... yeah. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, one fun car, one really exciting car to go out there and drive and enjoy, but money's no object, I'll buy you anything you'd like today. What would that car be and why? Okay, so it'd have to be one car, not three, not two cars. I just said one, buddy. That's all you get. It's all I can afford. (laughs) Well, I come from a different school of driving. I don't want 
Porsches and Ferraris and things like that. Because most of the time you spend being really irritated, you can't drive them. Okay. As a matter of fact, in a perfect world, people like us should probably buy a, uh, a normally aspirated Fiat 500 and put 175 tires all around. <laughs> because then it's really exciting to drive trying to chase the Buick in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. A lot of people have said that going faster in a slow car is much better for you. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, the, the Morris Minor, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Myers Manx that I, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. On a rainy day in Southern California, that was fabulous because yeah. you just couldn't keep it going straight. <laughs> you had to work. But uh, I said this a lot, and I, and I really mean it. Uh, we have a Mini Cooper, a little S, an okay. old one. I mean, well, it's a new old one. And I giggle every time I drive that. Mm. And I've okay. driven, I mean, I've driven literally thousands of cars. Now, this is uh, one of the older original Mini No, Cooper. the new ones. Oh, it's a new one. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but it's the the supercharged one. Yeah, before they started dumbing it down with beautiful lights in the the speedometer and and self-matching downshifts and and all the the, the nanny systems, it's just a fun car to drive. And I Uh I tend to be old school on on driving. I like to shift. Yeah. Uh, I like to actually feel the car do stuff and and remind me when I'm doing it badly. (laughs) There you go. Uh, you know, because otherwise there's no learning. And, you know, in a yeah. modern car, yeah. I mean, a little, that little yellow light comes on, but it doesn't, it doesn't give you a readout of, of how you screwed up. Sure. Okay, perhaps you, if you'd applied a throttle a little bit more smoothly, the little yellow light wouldn't have come on. Right. Perhaps if you actually used those brakes, that big pedal in the middle, that would be helpful. Uh, <laughs> you know, things like that. You know, so I, I, I have an old God Shelby Charger that I use in the racetracks, but it's, uh, it's an old, it's, uh, I bought an old Insta car and put it underneath it, so it's, it's a little bit more fun than stock. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And, uh, it, and it, there's not one nanny on it. I mean, no ABS, no nothing. And, and, you know, so when I go out there, it's me. Yeah. Well, and so so your answer to that question is a Mini Cooper S. Man, you're a cheap date. I am a cheap date. Well, I mean, <laughs> I could also get like 14 of them for the price of one of your one of your uh, guests. My other guests. Yeah, well, that's true. I could get you one for every day of the year. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not? Different colors. And- yeah, I mean, okay, if, if I ask for a, 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 the brand new Ferrari, I mean, okay, first of all, you can only drive those things about 2,000 miles before you go in for a a thirty thousand dollar checkup. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Yeah, it's for for a different world. Well, that's okay because you know we've had too many Coopers in our family. They're great low cars. I I've, I drove my daughter back and forth to college in hers uh, for four years from Gig Harbor down to Southern California, fourteen hundred miles. Super impressed with that car. How well it did. How much room was inside. How comfortable it was. Great low car. So that's okay. I will get you a Cooper S and we'll configure it any way you want. Well, you can just put it in the mail. They're pretty small. Okay. I'll do not that. By, not by original mini standards. I'll stuff it I'll in a box. The originals are even, they're pretty tiny. So yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Brock, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. And I want to thank you for sharing your fun journey with the Cars Y'all listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the roadway in that little Mini Cooper S? <laughs> no, 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 whatever, no! Because don't follow my footsteps. Don't don't follow me down a highway. Uh, no, I uh, no, I appreciate all the kind things you said, but I I, I have no advice. I mean, I, I am not I, I, I'm not qualified. You're, I'm sure you have much nicer people that people <laughs> should, should, should take guidance from. If I had to put words in your mouth, I think the words of advice from Brock Yates Jr. would be, eyes up. 
eyes up. Yes. Exactly. There you go. Now turn your head. Yes. Turn, yeah. Turn your yeah. Pay attention and put your phone away. <laughs> put, put, the, put the phone away and yeah. drive. Yes, what, please, what, please drive. Well, is there a way that our listeners can follow along with what you're doing these days? Do you have a website? Uh, the business have a website. Well, we have a website called onelapofamerica.com, uh, all spelled out. Cool. Uh, there you can get all the schedule for the upcoming one lap and all the results from all of the other one laps, all 34 of them. Sure. And, um, but, uh, the, the, uh, the other way is, uh, on Facebook, of course, we have, yeah. uh, a one lap of America page. Cool. Or the tire rack one lap of America page. Yeah. And, uh, it's full of, uh, fun pictures and stuff like that. So. And how about Driving Dynamics? Is there a website for Driving Dynamics? DrivingDynamics.com. There you go. Easy, or if easy. anybody has any questions, I'm a, probably the easiest person in the world to, to Google and find my uh, find my email address. And uh, if they have any questions, please let them uh, have them call me or contact me. There you me. go. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Brock's been so kind to share today on his very own show notes page at CarsYad.com. Brock E.H. Jr., type it in the search bar. That page will pop up. Check out what he's up to. Check out one lap. This guy has uh, figured out a way to have fun in life. That's obvious to me. Brock, I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your fun life experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time, and I'm still wondering why you wanted me. <laughs> it's been great fun. That's why. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.